0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back into 2 on OSU. As always, I'm joined by my identical twin and beat reporter, Sam Hutchins. A lot to talk about today, um, including a, a huge win for the Cowboys that kind of breathed some life back into a season that was, uh, quickly heading to life support. Um, but before we get into all the football talk, we want to thank some of our uh, great sponsors for supporting 2 on OSU. And we start out with Mid-First Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and Fire Lake Casino. We also want to remind all of our viewers and listeners to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Remember, Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Sam, what's going on? Well, I thought that was a great line from you, Ben. The the win turned life support into a little life for, for Oklahoma State and The Cowboys desperately needed a win against Kansas State. Um, Not even in terms of, you know, if you lose your first two Big 12 games, then you're destined to have some awful season and you can't ever recover from that. But it just felt like getting a win, moving to one and one in Big 12 play and ending what was a two game losing streak, it felt like that was huge for morale. I mean, if you saw Twitter post game, Mike Gundy is breaking out his dance moves that are reserved for big games. So, it really did feel like the the Cowboys got a big win, and um, it, it was an upset win. But there's just something about Mike Gundy as a home dog that that he really excels at, and um, it, it felt been a little bit like one of those kind of classic Gundy performances where you don't exactly know where the the points are going to come from or how Oklahoma State's going to win. But I mean, you called on the podcast. I sure didn't, but you called it, Ben. Oklahoma State would win. So. Um, the the win felt maybe coaching influenced. We've heard these last few weeks about how all oh, you know, Gundy will go up to the podium and say, "I got out coached." This week, it felt like the Cowboys had the answers. They, they were doing trick plays, they were scheming guys open and, and making just enough plays to to come out with a win that sets Oklahoma State. Hey, you know, people are doing the math. Control your own destiny. You've got momentum, so who knows? But certainly more of a, there, there's life in this season, no doubt. I know the Cowboys, if they would have lost that game, they would have gone and dipped below 500 for the first time since 2014, which really kind of shows you know, you, you hate to say your back is against the wall in, you know, week five, um, but gosh, it, it really felt like that. And, you know, I, I wasn't surprised to see Mike Gundy pull out one of these wins um, that he's been known for. I think you, you read the tweet or, or showed it to me, Sam. Brett McMurphy talked about, osu as a home dog i mean i don't i don't remember the yeah. the exact uh the exact I numbers but... won eight of his last nine games as a home underdog yeah yeah That's I, yeah i mean i mean it, it goes back to to west virginia and texas that one year and uh just just continues and they're, they're they're gonna be a home dog again next week against ku um which which is certainly something to think about but there uh there was a lot of things that kind of went into this win you talked about coaching i, I want to ask about you know what, what do you think the biggest factor was? Was it the creative offense? I mean, the defense finally finding a way to get some turnovers? What do you feel like was the biggest uh, factor in the win? So I think the offensive line played well. And that's what, that was the first thing that Mike Gundy hammered in, in his Monday press conference was the, the offensive line. They played well. And we'd written about that, Ben. I, I did a story on uh, Khalid Duke and Kansas State's fearsome defensive line that decimated Oklahoma State in Manhattan last year. But it was the Cowboys who were able to run the ball, who were able to protect Alan Bowman and run workable offense through that. It, it all starts up front. So that was a big performance from those guys up front. And um, it's kind of something that PFF backs up. Dalton Cooper played especially well um, grading out in the advanced analytics. So yeah, when you protect Alan Bowman, when you get Ali Gordon, Jaden Nixon, Elijah Collins holes to run through, good things can happen for Oklahoma State. And... um to me, that was maybe one of the big surprises of the year. If you, you look at what the offensive line had done up to that point, kind of viewed as, as a, a group that had struggled generally overall. And to go and turn around and have a big performance like that at Kansas State, Bowman was not sacked. Um, so to protect him and create holes for, for Ollie Gordon and company, big, big, big time by the offensive line. Sam, you can forget sacks. Um, Alan Bowman wasn't hit by by Kansas State's pass rush there were no quarterback hits registered by pro football focus and yeah you know it, it was obvious that you know you can just watch with your own two eyes yes like Oklahoma State's offensive line protected Bowman a lot better it was the highest grade OSU's received in any area uh this season it is their pass protection grade against uh Kansas State so certainly I I think that has to be one of the biggest reasons why I mean it didn't automatically mean that Alan Bowman had great numbers. His numbers weren't up from that, but Mike Gunny said it allowed the Cowboys to stay balanced. It allowed the run game to play. You know, Kansas State couldn't uh, put put a bunch of guys in the box and stop Ollie Gordon. So there's a lot of things that we need to keep in the offense balanced and, and going into the win. Yeah, and again, just adding the context to that, Kansas State's a really good defensive team, especially rush defense. They they were, I think, top five in the nation in yards allowed per rush and top six in the nation in rushing yards allowed per game. So the Wildcats—they've been shutting teams down on that front. Um, so, so for the Cowboys to to keep their quarterback upright and and rush the ball well, very impressive and, and honestly very surprising. Um, but Ben, I talked with Casey Dunn post game, of course, and he was the guy who was saying, you know, it, it could have could have been worse. The, the Cowboys could have been up two three scores after halftime. I think Gundy, uh, Dunn used the term, we could have been coasting in if not for all the, the, the red zone woes. But I mean, the Cowboys moved the ball great in between the 20s and then attempted six field goals, which was an Oklahoma State record to attempt six field goals. Alex Hale connected on five of them uh, to, to, to keep at least Oklahoma State scoring points. But Ben, if the Cowboys could have converted on, on a red zone uh, red zone possession or two, this game could have been a lot different. I know. I mean, I uh, I think the Cowboys were one of the best red zone teams in the nation coming into yes. the game. Uh, they, they'd really converted on a lot of those uh, touchdown chances. They didn't they, they weren't getting down there much, but they were really converting when they did. And of course, on Friday, we saw them get down there a bunch and, and just not convert. Um, yeah, it was the it, inverse. Okay, yeah, OSU yeah. had 11 red zone trips coming into this game, Ben. They scored touchdowns on nine of them, and the other two were field goals. So they'd scored on all 11. And mostly touchdowns, which uh, was behind Florida State and Colorado, I think, for, for number three nationally. I had that in a story I wrote on, on game day two. So, kind of a, an extreme inverse to, to flip that on its head. Um, and Gundy would be the first to tell you post game, he said it. That's not a sustainable strategy for winning, is kicking six field goals and, you know, trading seven for three every time. But it, it, it was enough to, to suffice for Oklahoma State. So, I guess, shout out, credit Alex Hale for a big game where his only attempt another chip shot w- was blocked yeah it's going to be something to watch how the cowboys do in the red zone against the jayhawks because they were so good and then we, we we were asking all the questions today what happened in the red zone and and mike was was pretty straightforward he said they kicked our ass i mean and he said that on saturday too or on friday too so uh I mean, I, I can't imagine those those linemen. You know, those, those guys are going to be motivated. I think to get out there and and uh, and, and go kick some Jayhawk butt too. Uh, I I can certainly see that turning around next week. Sam, uh, another guy who was kicking a lot of butt was Nick Martin, dude. I haven't yep. seen a defensive perf- performance like that. I mean, around here, uh, it was said post game maybe since you know Malcolm Rodriguez, seventeen tackles for Nick Martin. Uh, what what did you think about his play? I know early in the year he was a guy that the pro football focus had highlighted. He was one of those guys missing the tackles early in the year. You know, when the Cowboys, it felt like that was the struggle on the defense for two or three weeks was they were missing tackles. And then Nick Martin was just flying around yesterday. So I think, Ben, a lot of that could be just being a young guy, getting more experience. And, um, you, you know, it it really shows it's kind of an exponential leap when, when you when you have so little experience. Um, what your, What was that? The sixth game of the year. Um, compared to the first game of the year looks like. But yeah, no, Nick Martin was all over the place, especially important now that Justin Wright has redshirted out for the year, uh, taking a medical redshirt. That's right. And the Cowboys were, gosh, like Justin Wright, just a guy who has not been able to catch a break since coming to Stillwater. He he got hurt uh, on like the, the third or fourth play of the opener and thought he was done for the year. Of course, I love Justin Wright telling everybody what's going on medically with his yeah. tweets. I mean, I, I, I wish every uh, college football player were, was that transparent about it, but Justin Wright, uh, he returned against Iowa State and, and then got hurt again in the bye week uh, as, as the Cowboys were, were, were ramping back up. So we don't expect Justin Wright to be back uh, the whole year, of course, medically redshirted. Um, but that's not the extent of the injuries, Sam. There was another big one on the Cowboy offense. That's right. Deshaun Stribling. Uh, out for the year too. I think, I think Mike Gundy, obviously not as transparent as Justin Wright just said, he's got a hand thing. Um, But, but Stribling was in a cast when you're a receiver being in a hard cast, not a good thing. Um, uh, Of course not. So uh, Stribling, he's out for the year too. Ben, that was confirmed. And, that's maybe not a name that a ton of Oklahoma State fans know. You know, he kind of popped in, in a couple I, of games. They, of course, dude, they know it. I mean, in he's the been opener. the best guy. Like, if you don't know Stripling by now, what, what have you been doing? I, well, I wait, think. But, but what I'm saying, Ben, is he, he's transferred and he kind of popped a little yeah. bit, but you're waiting for this guy to, to explode onto the wide receiver one phase. And from what we talked about with Mike Gundy, it kind of seemed like that's what they were expecting, right? Um, so I, I guess that wasn't the, the exact right frame of words, but trust me, we would have gotten to know exactly what Dijon's dribbling is about. He would have been a huge part of this team. And he's out of the picture, done. Um, so transfer from from Wazoo, that, that, that's that's a big loss for Oklahoma State with with his injuries. Especially if you consider back to even Arlen Bruce, Ben. I know we've had conversations with, with Mike Gundy about this. Um, walking off after, after press conferences, reporters just trying to get a feel for what Arlen Bruce would have brought to the table. And Bruce, he too, would have been a, a pretty big part of this team that the Cowboys were maybe circling, relying on, uh, projecting in the preseason. So with, uh, with Stribling's loss and, and not having Bruce, this wide receiver court definitely looks different from how the Cowboys planned it six weeks ago. Yeah, and one of the guys who we've been talking a lot about is Brendan Presley. And kind of how he's been a little absent. Uh, we, we just haven't seen, he, He's he's not been a, super involved piece in the Cowboy offense yet. And maybe it was because, you know, Stribling's on the sideline, but he really seemed to get a lot more involved on Friday against K-State with the the wide receiver pass and all sorts of trick plays. I think there was a reverse in there. And BP ended up catching four passes for 40 yards, which might not seem like much, but that's his biggest, that's his second biggest output of the year is is Brandon impressive for 40 yards. So yeah, without Stribling, I mean, Brennan Presley, we've been talking about it for a while. He's going to have to kind of really step up. Yeah, and you're right. That's not even a lot for Brennan Presley standards. We've seen what that guy can do. He can go for 150 yards in a game and then have two touchdowns. And he's one of those guys, especially in the red zone bin, that you look to. As a, as a big red zone guy, put him in the slot, have, have him run a, a stick route, an option route, and he'll get open down there in, 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 uh, in man coverage. But you're right. For, for this year, it was a better game for Brennan Presley. Uh, he he had, well, I'll, I'll run it down for you, Ben. He had one pass, two rushes, four catches, and a kick return. So, eight total touches, um, which was kind of the the sweet spot that that Mike Gundy indicated. Um, he he said today in, in his press conference that they want to get Brennan seven or eight touches a game, and the way that they're doing that is with pre snap motion, which. I think that's, that's been a talking point among just OSU fans in general is, man, good things tend to happen when Brennan Presley's motioning around in the backfield. So, um, Gundy estimated today that Presley was in motion for 20 of of 75 plays against Kansas state. And he said, it's just easier to, to scheme up guys to get the ball like that instead of sticking them on the, on the line of scrimmage where, where defenses can adjust coverage and focus that way. So, I guess that's how how they're trying to get Brennan involved is, is pre-snap motion. Yeah. And I think another interesting part of this is, okay, you have Brennan Presley. We all know what he is, but you know, Rashad Owens, uh, Talon Shetran, Jaden Bray to a, to a certain point, those guys are, are also going to become, you know, more under the microscope now that, now that there's no WR1 uh, with shriveling out. So it's going to be important. I mean, Rashad Owens got involved uh, on Friday and we've seen Bray get out there and Shetran too. So who knows? It, it, it might be one of those kind of rotations, Sam, where it's not just one guy. It might be, you know, you'll see Owens have a big game and then, you know, Shetron. So, so I, I don't think one guy is going to really step up and replace um, uh, uh, Destron Stribling in that aspect. I think it's going to probably be kind of a, a, a rotating thing of, of one of these guys is, is going to kind of have a good game and then maybe disappear a couple of weeks. That's just, that's just kind of how I think it's going to go. If I had to throw out a candidate, I'd, I'd say maybe the most likely is Jaden Bray. He, yeah. He's the he's the person I've been most impressed with if, from from that trio of uh, of, of Owen Shetron and, and Bray. But you're right, Ben. They all could break out, and they all have the the talent. They're kind of three guys that you know. For I mean, Bray's been here and, and uh, has been here a little longer than, than Shetron has, of course. But especially those two, Shetron and Bray. Those are two guys that Cowboy fans have been kind of waiting to to break out for a little while now. So. You're right, Ben. The opportunities here and with Alan Bowman, who is the is the starter moving forward. Bowman's he's thrown some nice deep balls, especially ag- against Kansas State when he was upright. He wasn't being chased around. I thought Bowman threw some nice deep balls, including ones that weren't caught. But he can he looked to me. I mean, some some plays where he gave receivers a chance to break out. I know, I know. Um, and and just to just to run it down. I mean. If you want to think, okay, like, well, what did the Kansas State game look like? Jaden Bray, four catches for 77 yards. Rashad Owens, five catches for 75. Um, and then Brennan Presley, Josiah Johnson, also a name. We, we shouldn't fail to throw in here. He's a tight end, which is weird to say that he's catching passes at OSU, but he had four catches. And I think the thing to note there is he had two catches drawn up to him with the scripted plays. With the first drive OSU came out, they were kind of intentionally trying to get Josiah Johnson the ball. Um, and he even got the ball later on a play we're going to talk about on the two minute drill. So I don't know; it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of who who takes on some of that burden. He did look good for for a second. I was thinking, man, is this going to be the the Josiah Johnson game? But um, overall, if I had to say, it was the blank game. I, I would say it was probably the defense game um, forced all those turnovers, and they they were so good. Uh, the the Cowboys were were the ones that, that that pressured Will Howard, got him to make bad decisions. To be honest, Ben, and again for context, I think it's fair to say Kansas State just didn't play well. Like, aside from what Oklahoma State was doing, I think back to that throw that Will Howard made on the on the the last drive, or what it wasn't the last drive because Oklahoma State ended up pick sixing it. Cameron Epps got it, but I think back to that throw where Will Howard he's not going to make that throw every game, you know. Just receiver thought it was a double move. Will Howard threw the out route, and Cam Epps picked it off. He said post game he couldn't believe Will Howard threw it. So I think it's important to note that, you know, maybe Kansas state just kind of had an off game and Oklahoma state benefited from that. Um, but you're right. It, th- that's where the line blurs because when, when you play well, your team is the, the, your opponents more likely to have off games. So. yeah, Let's get into the two minute drill. <laughs> um, we, we both, I think, you know, been under the buzzer. We, we both made it um, these last couple of times and, this time we're going to start out talking about the offense and the creativity that he showed. What was your favorite play that uh, that Casey Dunn and the Cowboys uh, brought out of the bag of tricks? Okay, two minutes, four questions. I'll hop into it. My favorite trick play that Oklahoma State ran, and it's weird, there, there were multiple options here, so it's crazy. I thought that fake punt was great. Mike Gundy got booed for bringing out the punt team, and you know he was maybe smiling a little bit on the inside, but they gave it to Elijah Collins. So instead of us running a quarterback sneak, it was pretty much a quarterback sneak with a running back carrying the ball with the element of surprise. So it worked. Collins squirted out to the left side, got a few yards. Good play. I liked the, the throwback to Alan Bowman, Sam. And when Alan Bowman caught it, that's, that's when I stopped liking the play because I, I, I remarked to myself, it, it looks like he was in Madden and forgot to hold down the trigger. Yes, Yes, he did not have a lot of uh, a lot of sprint speed on that play, but I like the design of it. I liked getting the ball out there and BP can throw. We've seen that before uh, with Brandon Presley throwing the ball. So I I really liked that and thought it was creative. Okay. Last question, Ben. Rank them. A blackout game under a Stillwater Sky, an OSU homecoming game, and Bedlam. Best atmosphere. I think Bedlam is the best atmosphere. It's going to be crazy this year. I think I'll put the blackout at number two the fans always surprise me with how well they uh they, they black out the stands and three is homecoming it's hit or miss last year was KU in uh or a couple years ago was you know KU in a beatdown and this year's Cincinnati doesn't really do it for me I'm with you I guess that's why we're identical twins Bedlam at one how could you not the blackout game two it's just always a little crazy you know they, they say the the night sky is is blackest in Stillwater I I joked in the press box, it didn't matter what city actually has the least light pollution. It's just whichever school does the best job of claiming that title. It's hard to dispute that. So I guess Oklahoma State has that. And um, yeah, homecoming, you know, the main thing going for homecoming is there's a ton of people in there, but Oklahoma State's done a good job of selling things out and um, doing that on a regular basis. So I'm with you. Sam, I think if we were running back to the sidelines, we'd be getting chewed out. I don't know if we quite made it in two minutes, but we sure gave it our best shot. And as always, we want to thank you for uh, for watching the show, listening, following everything on Sellout Crowd. It's all free, all the time, which I know is my favorite part about this whole thing. And if it's your first time hearing or watching our show, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or, or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're at. That really helps us uh, continuing to create a lot of stuff like this. And if you like what you hear, do us an even bigger favor and leave a review. That's uh, super helpful and means a lot to us. So thanks for joining us for this edition of Two on OSU. Sam and I will be back later in the week to preview Oklahoma State's upcoming game against KU. Thanks for joining us.